Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codename Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. You can call them UFOs, you can call them UAPs, you can call yourself a skeptic, you can call yourself a true believer in strange things in the sky, but one thing is for sure. UFOs are part of the mainstream conversation now more than any time since the UFO craze of the 50s. Uh, We have been living through exciting times. Uh, Mentioned this earlier on the air, guys, but uh, it was so funny amid the pandemic the United States government came out and said, UFOs are real, we don't know what's going on, and the American public pretty much went, ah, fine, I got, I got other stuff, you know? <laughs> Collective uh, shrug emoji, you know? Yeah. And it was a strange time. And this, this continues, and we um, 
we are very much uh, invested in this ongoing conversation here on Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. And fellow conspiracy realists, you know, one of our favorite things to do is to speak with experts in the field, regardless of what field we are talking about. And that is why we are uh, in a flying saucer over the moon to be speaking today with the journalist, the educator, the creator of Alien State, a podcast that dives deep into this conversation with MJ Benias. MJ, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. I, I am honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is unbelievable. Oh, man, get out of here. Uh, you know what we didn't mention is you're an author. Uh, just really quickly before we even jump in, let's just go over some of the the works you've created. Uh, I believe one of the main ones is the UFO people, a curious culture. Yeah. So um, in early, I think 2018 or gosh, I can't remember anymore. 2017, who knows anymore? I wrote a book yeah, called the UFO people. And it was um, it's a book about the UFO subculture as a sort of collective um, group that, that sort of has a very sort of similar belief system, ideological framework, whatever. And I, I really wanted to suss out why do people believe in UFOs? Like what's going on here and how does it impact our culture and our society? So the book is sort of a, like a subcultural analysis um, of, of the UFO community. Uh, and then that led to me sort of engaging with Vice and I was their weird weird shit guy for a while um, writing about UFOs and other spooky things and, and other strange events um, and then it kind of that that just led to a whole bunch of other projects with Vice and Popular Mechanics and and now Sony. So um, yeah, it's been it's been this kind of trajectory of of I'm not sure how it happened, but I was able to turn my weird sort of interest in UFO subculture to somehow like a very prolific side hustle that is like verging on main hustle. <laughs> so, it like got you on a tractor beam and you're just right. been pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I'm so glad that we're starting with the UFO people because I really appreciated your approach to this subject. I mean, let's be honest, MG, this is a world that is fraught with, at times, problematic hyperbole. Uh, and we'll get into MUFON, I hope, in a little bit. But one thing about the book is that you approach this concept of ufology and the search for the unknown through a, a, a lens that I find distinct. It is cultural exploration. There's anthropology to it. It's critical thought. And I, I believe this makes it incredibly different from many other books uh, that publishers would say are in the same field. You, you talk about how this book set you on a trajectory that in a very real way led to our conversation today. But could you tell us what inspired you to set about writing the work, like writing the actual book? Are you one of those, you know, did you have, all right, I'll say it plainly. Did you see a UFO, MJ, and say, I have to write no, about this? No, I'm, I'm one of the few people in this world who have, I've never had a single, um, I guess you could say sort of ufological or paranormal experience. I've never seen a ghost. I've never um, seen a strange light in the sky and was unable to sort of figure out what it was after a bit of, you know, thinking and and maybe some research. Um 
so so no, I have never seen anything strange. My interest sort of was academic purely at the beginning. I was really just interested in figuring out why people think about this subject the way they do. And I have a background in history and philosophy and, and culture studies. So for me, it was just my jam, my sort of academic interest. And it I guess I guess that he kind of evolved as I started doing the research. I realized that this like was a very kind of prolific mindset that exists amongst people. Like you can like I, I say in the podcast, you can walk into any bar in North America. You can walk into any bar probably in the world and just say, hey, have you ever seen anything weird to just like a table of people? Like any, like ghosts, <laughs> monsters, Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, whatever. And you will get eventually like 50 or 60 percent of that bar will come to you sort of throughout your night there and they will be like, yeah, you know, my mom saw something or my dad saw something or my brother or I or whatever. And all of a sudden you have this, these stories coming at you. And that's how it all started. I just wanted to hear people's stories because I maybe had never had my own experience. And, and that's how it all began. It was just sort of this collection of me trying to interview people and have their stories written down. And then it evolved into trying to, I have way too many stories. How do I now boil this down into kind of like the key, key ideas that surround the UFO topic? It's interesting. I mean, it really is kind of this modern folklore, you know, all of the things you just kind of laundry listed, you know, ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, government cover-ups, all of these things. Everyone's got something to say, some inside perspective or some scoop that, that they think, you know, they caught a glimpse of something mysterious that they want to talk about. Um, and it is largely passed around in the same way as, you know, these kinds of stories of fairies and goblins and wizards and stuff were passed around. It's like verbal, you know, oral tradition, like at bars or around campfires or what have you. Um, with us, you know, every time someone asks us about the show, we always start off by saying it's a critical thinking approach to conspiracy theories. Uh, and I think that's a very important caveat because it is a measured, you know, thoughtful way of discussing these things that are, whether you believe them or not, a very important part of the fabric of kind of the world. Um, you are obviously taking a very similar approach in kind of an academic way of discussing these things um, with real gravitas. Um, how do you tell people what you do uh, without sounding like, without making them think that it's sort of fringe or like some kind of like out there whack job kind of, you know, side uh, project? Yeah, my 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 wife still doesn't know how to tell people what I do for a living um, because it's just like, I, I don't actually know. I think the best way to describe it is, is at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a journalist and, and I, I do journalism sort of that's focused a lot on like science and tech and, and, you know, I do some national security defense reporting and whatever. And, and UFOs kind of fits into that, that world, especially today after 2017, um, you know, UFOs became a national security issue or UFOs became like a national defense topic of conversation. Literally like Congress has like meetings and open uh, public hearings about it. And there's a, a Pentagon task force. So, so UFOs kind of after 2017 really got themselves wedged up into the sort of reporting that I'm currently doing. Um, so it's easy today to say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a journalist. I, I cover, you know, national security and defense sometimes, tech and, and whatever. And UFOs are kind of part of that. But before 2017, it was just like I was just really into writing about the culture, as you as you said, the folklore of UFOs, because UFOs very much are a folkloric idea. All conspiracy theories are folkloric in nature. Right. Um, they sort of have to be. And and and. I guess I guess the best way that I've kind of always talked about it when people start asking me, like, what do you do? I mean, um, these are stories, right? They, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm sort of a, a collector of stories um, because 
humans have been telling stories about weird shit for a really, really, really long time. Um, and we still do. Um, and the big question that I want to answer as a journalist maybe is, is um, are we telling those stories because there's something to them? Something like objectively real out there that is that is influencing the creation of these stories? Or is it something that's kind of just inherently human? Is it just something about us? We are just genetically and, and sociologically driven to create stories. You know, is that something just kind of inherently built within us? So, so you know, I kind of vacillate between both of these ideas all the time. You know, at times you look at some UFO stuff or, you know, paranormal stuff, you're just like, oh yeah, this is just humans being humans, right? We're just making shit up because that's how we, how we function as a society and have for, you know, 200,000 years. And then there's the other side where it's like, oh, you know, but, you know, maybe but, something weird yeah. did happen <laughs> and something is influencing this story, um, some kind of anomalous event from the outside. And, and it's, yeah, you, you'll never, I'm not sure if we'll ever really know. That's, that's the problem. So first off, when everything you're saying I felt like one of those people uh, in one of those people in, in uh, a Pentecostal church. I was slowly going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, amen, because uh, the reason that I describe uh, so many conspiratorial uh, thoughts uh, or theories as modern folklore is because of those commonalities that you find yourself vacillating between in your work as a reporter. Uh, you know, how much of this is uh, just humans using uh, pattern recognition and confirmation bias to craft a narrative? Why do stories about uh, the fey folk abducting children and alien abductions have beat for beat the same story notes. These are, these are questions that, like you said, may be difficult to answer, but you have dived so deep into attempting to at least uh, explore those questions with people who believe they do have the answer. And uh, that's, yeah, that's gotta be, um, that's got to be a strange position at times because you've spoken with uh, and you do speak with in alien state folks who are very convinced of specific things, right? Even to the point where they might say, hey, this other person is disinfo or this other person is um, well-intentioned but incorrect, but I have the insight, and I can tell you. And with this, I, I want to introduce a, a recurring character in Alien State, Tom DeLong. We've talked about, Matt, Noel, and I have spoken about Tom DeLong and the To the Stars Academy, uh, but you speak directly with Tom in Alien State. Um, and Matt, I think these are questions you and I are both dying to ask. I'm not sure where to start. Well, this is what I would say. Uh, three months before September 11. We took off our pants and we jacked it and we, we loved it. Boy, um, did we ever. Uh, and that was, you know, that was what Tom Geelong was, was known for. Right. Sorry. That was a reference to an album. If you're yeah. not aware. Oh, well aware. Everybody doesn't get it. Blink 182 times so that we know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, but, but then in two thought, you mentioned 2017 MJ, it, then you know, 16 years later to have that same guy that we were all rocking in, you know, for me, it was like my first vehicle, which was a van. Sorry, everyone. Um, but now to have him come out and like with a straight face, you know, say like, I've got this information 
and I'm going to share it with you about a secret UFOs and, and a program and all this stuff and aliens. Like, just take us there to that moment and uh, what occurred in 2017 to really change the narrative and the discussion. Yeah, sure. So so somewhere in 2015, actually, DeLong, 2015, 2016, DeLong leaves Blink-182 and he kind of goes on his own. Um, and, and you know, I mean, I, I Blink-182 was like my high school, right? Like it was it, it was played at every dance ever um so so you know when it this happened i was like holy shit like i can't believe you know tom left blink um and then there was like he starts kind of popping up more frequently in the ufo world and and there's kind of this un everyone kind of knew in the ufo beat everyone kind of knew delong was into ufos like this was this was not a secret and because he was at conferences he'd show up at ufo conferences often he'd show up at kind of other paranormal conferences and hang on the back and and you know there was this kind of understanding that tom delong from liquid was here but it was like not discussed very much it was just kind of kept down low and then all of a sudden 2017 hits on october he makes this big announcement that he's starting this company and he, it's like a live video presentation. They're, they're like a public service company. They're raising, they want to raise like $50 million. They're selling shares. And this idea stems of, of you know, I've connected, this is Tom, I've connected with a bunch of government insiders as well as people from like defense contractors. And we are going to do and create a, a sort of a scientific research organization that will merge entertainment with science to to like do UFO research and and reverse the idea was to reverse engineer the physics and the engineering to build our own like fucking spaceship um that will be able to travel faster than light and there was like a mock-up of it and and he brought these these people in and i mean it 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 was like i mean like your jaw like hit the floor i mean this sounded completely batshit crazy and we, as, but also awesome. It sounds unbelievable. I mean, it it totally tracks a little bit. But you're so you're so so. This happens in October, and and people are like, "What the fuck?" And and he has these people standing next to him on stage, and then you know, journalists like me start kind of like looking into who these people are, and like, no, sure as shit, that guy was like defense secretary, and sure as shit, that guy ran Lockheed Martin Skunk Works. Like, who? Like, what is happening? Right? Like, there was this two month period of like scrambling to figure out how these people were involved. Tom DeLong and his company were kind of speaking to certain journalists and not others. There was very much a, a sort of you're either with us or against us mentality. So then you need to start like, again, journalistically and all journalists, all journalists do this is you start trying to figure out how do you get your sources and how do you figure out how to win them over to your side so that you can get the whole story. And then like, obviously there's always like that potential of like, I have always tell the truth. And if the truth is ugly, I may end up slitting your throat, but it's the truth. I have to publish it. So you have this moment of like back and forth for two months and people are like, this is just Tom DeLonge's gone crazy. He's gone completely nuts. He's going to build a spaceship. And then in December, like these pilot videos drop two months later from the Navy of like fighter pilots encountering sort of these unknown objects in the sky. And all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, like Tom DeLong was right the whole fucking time, right? Like it was like, we should have put our faith in like Tom for president, right? Like that's kind of what happened, yeah. right? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. The the videos you're mentioning, is that the Tic Tac video? Yeah. So, so sort of two videos dropped and the third one was released a, a few weeks later. I, I don't remember how long. It was like four weeks or so. But yeah, we had two videos. One was the Tic Tac video from 2004 off the Pacific coast. The second one was called the Gimbal Video, which happened in 2014, 20, no, 
2015, sorry, in June off the off of the coast of Florida. And and then the third video was connected to the gimbal video. It was the same thing, just like a different angle or as like a day later or something. It was related to the same incident. And and these so these videos drop and there's a New York Times article about it. And it's like the New York Times just said that there's a UFO program and there's pilots seeing UFOs and the nation's not safe. And it's like, oh, my God, what the hell? Um, And it started everyone off down this journey of like trying to figure out what the whole story was. Um, But as we do in the podcast, you know, we start peeling away the layers of who these people are, who they're talking to, how they're all connected to one another and what the story really is. And all of a sudden you realize that this is much more convoluted and complicated and it's not how it seems on the surface. Like, like it, there is more going on in the background that um, is the stuff they don't want you to know, basically. Oh, thanks, MJ. (laughs) But you've you've actually spent some time, you know, talking with Tom, um, which is honestly something I think we would very much like to do as well one day. Uh, But uh, he's a really thoughtful guy. I mean, you know, he definitely is a smart dude. He, He was very smart with his money. Um, he left Blake 182 because he wanted to pursue, you know, something completely different. I think he was just tired of the limelight and only being known as this kind of nasal singing like emo boy or mall punk rather. Um, and he has a lot to say. Can you talk a little bit about what he's like as a person, like the, the level with which he carries himself and the passion that he kind of has behind these ideas? Tom, Tom's great. Like, I'll be honest, straight up. He just, he was, he was fun to talk to. Um, he, he is, really respectful and and he tries his best to answer the questions he can i think tom is generally like a smart guy i I, he's no fool he you know he's significantly more successful than i'll ever be in my life and i agree with you i think i think for him he he got to a point in his life where he said listen i've made my money i've made my wealth I, i don't I don't need to make any more money, right? And he made the, the wise decision of realizing I'm going to just pursue what I'm interested in. And at the end of the day, right, like when you're lying on your deathbed, you never like lie there and say to yourself, man, I wish I made more money, right? You wish for like more times you could do what you want to do um, and experience as much as you can. So so I think that's what he did and, and, and good for him. Um, and he started really at the end of the day playing people. Um, he started to co- talk to specific individuals within the United States government, and then he would tell other individuals in the United States government that he was talking to these people, and they knew each other. So they'd be like, oh, did you talk to- yeah, I talked to Tom. Oh, yeah, okay. And then suddenly he started basically doing good espionage, and he started talking to people who were kind of connected in this world within the United States government or within defense contractors, saying that, like, oh, he was name- he's name-dropping names, and all of a sudden he's building this web of influence around him until he's ready to say, all right, let's fucking do this. This, I'm starting a UFO company and they're like, oh yeah, if you're talking to this guy, I'm in. And they just start like signing up like, yep, yeah, in, in, in. And um, Tom did what he did, good or ill, doesn't matter. He did it because he loves it. Um, and, and, and that's amazing. I, I think that's terrific. I, I think where it gets complicated is when you start um, leading, let's say the discourse, or when you start like leading the conversation about a specific topic, let's say like the UFO topic, you now though need to be really honest with yourself of like, is this the voice of the person who should be leading it? Or is this like, and, be, and there was a lot of pushback from the UFO people. Like the UFO people were like, we don't want Tom DeLong being like the UFO Pope because of like the other shit he sometimes says, which just sounds totally crazy. And there was like drama. And, and so mad props to Tom for being amazing. But, you know, the UFO people were very much like, galvanized in to parties like pro Tom or against Tom. And there's like no one in the middle, but terrific person. Yeah. That, that makes sense because, you know, for 
many, many years, for decades, uh, there were people who were existing in the world of ufology, and they were perhaps, um, one could even say, superstars in that field in their own right, but very much not mainstream. So we can, I think we can exercise the empathy to understand they feel like, hey, this guy already has everything and now he's coming in and we think he's a tourist who is now appointing himself president. But I'm sure he doesn't see it that way. Um, I do want to touch on something that that you mentioned. The idea of uh, disclosure is inextricably intertwined with the concept of conspiracy, right? The gist of the um, the the legend here is that these things are real, and I explain them as insert here, depending on whom you're speaking with. The government knows. And they want, for one reason or another, to hide it from the public. Uh, and, you know, it's no secret that uh, Tom DeLong at times, has stated that he does feel there is some sort of cover-up afoot. And he is by no means unique in that belief. Um, when you encounter people who not only believe uh, in, you know, their particular version of a UFO narrative, but also believe there is a cover-up of foot. Um, how how do you respond to that? Um, and do you see do you hear people um, alleging the same conspiracy? Uh, and and sure. if so, what is I, that? I think this this now verges into sort of really like dubious territory, right? Because you have okay when you're talking to people and they believe there's a UFO cover-up of some sort, right? Typically, ninety nine percent of the time. It's like this just innocent belief they have um, that that won't really influence like their life or 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 like m like popular discourse. Right. Um, but then you have segments within the UFO community who are very vocal, who hold a lot of sway in the sense that they have a lot of followers, let's say, through social media or on YouTube or Facebook or whatever. Um, and they do kind of hold court. As you said, they were sort of like the big players, the, the big actors within this world. And Tom DeLong kind of nicely wedged himself in there. Um, and, and they hold sway, let's say, over like a million YouTube subscribers. And they start saying there's a government cover up. There, the government is lying to us about UFOs. There's uh, a, a shadow government or a deep state that is purposefully misleading us. Um, and a lot of these narratives will often then go into stuff to, to discuss, like, they're purposefully hiding the UFOs from us because they know that it's going to upset the oil industry. And the oil barons are the ones who run the government. And actually, the, the big oil and big pharma are actually working together. And they don't want this to come out because if the UFO technology does come out, well, it's going to be life-changing. There'll be no more poverty. There'll be no more uh, scarcity, right? Everything's going to be like, like futuristic Star Trek level shit. Um, but what's stopping us is the deep state, right? What's stopping us is this cabal. And then all of a sudden you start getting into really dubious, like, but, you know, there's people who are working against, the, against this, right? There's patriots. There's, there's um, uh, you know, Donald Trump has publicly said he would release UFO information, whereas this presidential candidate has not. And then it starts to verge into like actual conspiracist narratives to the point where you have individuals who, for example, have committed heinous tragic murders of people and they had a UFO sticker and it was like, I believe in disclosure strapped to the side of their van. Um, and like, you know, tells the truth about aliens because that's part of their 
kind of uh, conspiratorial kind of ideological framework that UFOs are just another aspect of that. So so you can very easily draw connections between, like, let's say the, the QAnon conspiracy and the UFO crowd. You can very easily draw lines between the anti-vax community and the UFO crowd. You can very easily draw lines between sort of neo-Nazi white supremacist movements and the UFO crowd. It's not like a big segment of it, but it's definitely an aspect of the subculture that that really percolates under the uh, under the surface that doesn't make CNN or doesn't make Fox. Well, okay, Fox News Do, it doesn't make CNN makes Fox News all the time. Doesn't make um, you know other sort of mainstream headlines, but there very much is this kind of coalescing of conspiracy narratives and UFOs fit perfectly into it. Um, you know, we were, I was tracking a particular sort of UFO celebrity and he shows up on, um, the Russian state, um, the media RT, um, all the time as a, as a spokesperson talking about how the CIA killed his friends. Um, they're hiding secrets from the United States government or sorry, they're hiding secrets from the world rather than the United States government is the CIA can't be trusted. And obviously RT loves this guy. Because he's literally doing their job for them, right? He's literally, he's an American who's creating disinformation for them without them having to try. And then they just put that on loop on YouTube, right? And it just, it shows up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, TikTok. And all of a sudden, you know, like Russian state media is is able to take shots at sort of the democratic systems that have been created um, and start kind of peeling them down. And I mean, you, you know. January 6th happened. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's literally, you can see how these all intertwine together. Um, and that's when things get scary for people. And especially for me as a journalist. We'll pause here for a word from our sponsor and be right back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, 
wherever you're listening. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back with more from MJ. So MJ, uh, I'm thinking about what you're saying about this belief that there's, um, there's some kind of unseen force within the government that's like, feeding disinformation or holding us back and, you know, all these things. I, I, I just want to relate it back to something that did happen within the UFO community. I think it was in the 80s, early 80s, uh, a guy named Bill Moore. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know some about this. We we just put it in our book that's coming out in October, by the way. First book. Um, but it's the concept that there was disinformation being fed to the UFO community at large by a single person who's working with a documentarian uh, who, you know, wanted to create media much in the same way that to the stars wants to be this entertainment company that is disseminating information, but, you know, hopefully real information where they're trying to spread truth, but they were being lied to. I just, I want to relate that back to our current scenario and situation with To the Stars. Like, do you see anything like that happening? Or does it feel like anything like that is happening? The Bill Moore situation is interesting. And and where this is, I think, where a lot of these ideas came from, of, of like that there is a sort of active disinformation project within the government. <clears throat> the, the inherent problem, though, is is we can't really link the, the specific Air Force um, agent to his superiors who told him to do that, for example. He makes the claim that that's the case. But there's no documentation, paperwork. There's, there's no way that that can be confirmed. Um, and and generally, the, the consensus, I think, falls to this guy just act alone. He was an, an Air Force um, uh, investigator. He was technically an intelligence officer for the U.S. Air Force. But he wasn't given the order by someone above him to to fuck with this guy and 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 fuck with the UFO community. That was not a standing thing for him to do. He just did it um, for whatever reasons. And it could be a bunch, whether it's financial or glory or fame or just to have fun, whatever. So, so the whole Bill Moore thing is interesting. But what it's really done is it's laid this kind of interesting patchwork and kind of seeded the ground for now that Tom DeLonge has stepped out and said in 2017, here's all of these people from the U.S. government that I have. A lot of people, especially the, the UFO group that was 
the celebrity prior to Tom DeLonge really came out and said, listen, this is all disinformation. We've been here before, guys. Like, like, like Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, all these guys, they're all disinformation agents sent by the government because, you know, Bill Moore happened um, and Richard Doty happened. And, and that that's a thing in the past that we should be learning from. Meanwhile, I, I think, you know, there's no real evidence to indicate that. Lou Elizondo was given the order to create misinformation or disinformation or to do counterintelligence work within the UFO community. There's no standing order for Chris Mellon to do. Like, there's just, that doesn't exist. There's no way to connect those dots back um, because it just, you can't find them. There's no one who's come forward to say that's the case. Um, I think rather what's happening is, is, and the reason why the show is literally called Alien State is because I think within the government, you have individuals who are really into this stuff. And they sort of form a little alien state inside the larger context of the government. And they are interested in this topic. So they are going to work themselves to push this topic out into the mainstream as best they can. Um, It's the same way you have um, uh, right-wing kind of Christian fundamentalist individuals within the U.S. government who are pushing uh, a Christian um, kind of you know, right wing ideology onto the American public because that's what they personally believe. Um, you know, it's it's the same idea. The the difference is that obviously the right wing Christian fundamentalism thing is is like taken a lot more root compared to like the alien state. But I think it's the same concept. Um, I think Lou Elizondo kind of just did said what he said he did. He kind of just left and was like, "Fuck this shit. I believe in UFOs and aliens. I'm going to make this a big deal." Chris Mellon kind of did the same thing, and I think Jim Semivan kind of did the same thing, and Tom DeLonge kind of brought them all together because he was able to connect those dots and and did it. Um, there is no, like, conspiracy. It's just these people all were like, let's just make this a big fucking deal and go. And that's what they did. Um, and here we are today. Yeah, you know, I love that analogy because I, th- I think there's often a, um, a tendency in the public to think of uh, a government as a monolithic power structure instead of groups of people who often disagree and have their own, you know, agendas or the things they want, their desires. MJ-12 is incredibly interesting to me. Majestic 12. Right, MJ? Yeah, you're MJ-1. We're talking about (laughs) Majestic 12. Yeah, yeah, you're our number one. OG, OG MJ. OG MJ. Yeah, sorry, Mary Jane. Uh, You've got Spider-Man. You can just coast on that. So what's fascinating about this is that it creates a, um, the concept of a monolithic government, right? Instead of a bunch of people just sort of trying to look like they know what they're doing, which is the human condition, a monolithic government combined with this um, this beautiful framework that says anyone I disagree with in the UFO sphere is therefore a disinformation agent. They're not just wrong. They're purposely wrong. And you must listen to me to learn the truth. That seems like something that has bedeviled this field for um, for quite some time, I would think even before uh, Majestic Twelve and the Bill Moore uh, debacle. But I'm I'm interested in the idea of competing 
views or contradictory views uh, among the people that you have spoken with and encountered, not just not just in Alien State, but in your work in Vice. Um, could you talk a little bit about the um, the discord, not servers, but like the discord uh, that you find in in the community and could you tell us a little bit about um, the people who are generally seen as quote unquote disinfo agents and the people who are generally seen as legit? Is there is there a number one bad person? Is there a number one good person? Uh, well, listen, I mean, you, you just that, that is like the whole UFO community. Um, so <laughs> yeah. so so, you know, I think I think it depends on who side you're on. This is why I think ufology will never become a scientific field or a scientific um, sort of study. And the key reason is because ufology itself doesn't agree to a certain term of like factual, like baseline data. Right. Um, because ufology is pri- primarily kind of fractured and always has been and always will be into different sort of sects and schools and, and frames of thought. It's aliens or it's interdimensional beings or it's um, time traveling humans or government secrets or whatever. And you have this fracturing. So so it's very difficult for different individuals within the UFO community at times to sort of engage in sort of good conversation because then just it becomes a fight of, of what beliefs you have. Um, so that's sort of number one. The, so with that in mind, right, um, you autom- I can give an example. When Luis Elizondo first went public and Chris Mellon and the rest of them with the Tom DeLonge, you had an immediate gut reaction within certain elements of the UFO community um, because it was like, hold on a second. This guy who's a counterintelligence officer whose job has literally been for decades to um, lie to some people in order to get the truth out of them. Uh, and then use that truth to, to like, at times do sort of things that, you know, the U.S. government has done that maybe it ought not to be proud of, but, you know, is a thing. So, so automatically we're like, holy shit, like, why are we, why are we trusting him? Why are we putting all our, our faith in this guy from the government, this counterintelligence agent? And then you had the people on the other side being like, well, no, no, like he's, he, he's on our side now, right? He's, he's gone rogue and he's a whistleblower and he's with us and he's here to tell us the truth about UFOs. Um, and then like you have him later saying, you know, this department I worked for was engaged in a cover up about UFOs. Don't trust them. And then people like, see, like he just said his own department, you can't trust it. And then now that department has a new UFO task force. And then the same people on the other side, the other people on the other side are like, but they have a task force and they're going to be investigating. UFOs and that's amazing and they're going to have money and like, funding and and but it's never going to become public because it's all be classified like and then the people like see it's going to be classified now now we're never going to get the information it's all going to get locked down we're basically fucked UFOs is over everyone go study <laughs> Bigfoot now like you have this back and forth all the time and then oh my gosh you guys uh, sorry, I'm going full I'm going full Canadian here okay um, <laughs> we're at the Timmy's now talking over a uh, double double um you then have the other people who are saying, oh, no, the aliens have been here all the time. In fact, they are communicating with us and me right now. And if we sit and meditate or if we channel or if we do whatever, the aliens are going to come through and they'll appear for us and they'll blink lights at us. We don't need Elizondo and the government people to help us. They're liars. They're just trying to, you know, blow up Russia. Our plan is to engage in peaceful contact with like the Galactic Federation. And and, and I mean, it's, it's I mean, it becomes preposterous after that. And, and I mean, it was preposterous well before, but it was, you know, we're really going down the rabbit hole and 
these factions fight each other constantly. And, you know, Luis Elizondo has said on his Twitter before that, like, don't trust these people. They're engaged in disinformation. They're crooks. They're just trying to steal your money. They're basically a cult. And these people on the other side have said, don't trust Luis Elizondo. This is what he did in his past. This is who he is. He's a disinformation guy for the government. Don't trust the government. And, and it just explodes into like an argument, a flame war on Twitter of, of then the armies of both of these groups fighting one another, trolling each other, and, and there you are. We essentially have a credibility problem here. <laughs> you know what I mean? You will always like, have a credibility like problem in UFO. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, 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 that's exactly, that's the crux of, of why you say this could never really truly be a science is because so much of it is based in belief. Like, it's not all based on, like, empirical evidence. So much of it is based on belief, not only belief in the great beyond and, and, and things that we will never be able to maybe fully experience or touch or see, but belief in who's to believe. Yeah, you're right. And just like you guys said earlier, right? Like like belief that there is a conspiracy and belief that there's a cover-up. Either the aliens are covering up or the government's covering it up. Um, and like you mentioned, like the government is like one giant monolithic structure. When, when really it isn't. There's like 17 or 18 intelligence agencies within the United States government, all working for different bosses, all functioning other different branches or other under various branches of, of the mili- of military. I mean, they don't like each other generally. They don't work together half the time. Um, and, and it's like... How could you possibly think that this is all unified? I mean, look at the United States. It's fractured beyond belief. If the government was monolithic, it, it wouldn't be so like divided all the time. Um, it's because, as you say, it's human nature, right? People want to think they have a handle on it. Um, and, and really, we don't. It's pandemonium. I got to tell you, I had that reaction. I, I think it's episode one of Alien State where Semivan comes in, Jim Semivan, or maybe six. I, I'm sorry. I can't remember exactly which episode. There's an episode of Alien State where you introduce Jim Simivan. And I had that initial reaction really thinking about him and, and his role, right? Or his, like, what was it, like 40 years or something he worked yeah. as a CIA asset? And he comes in and he's saying, oh, I read this book that Tom DeLonge was a part of about secret machines. And I was like, oh, man, he's got a bunch of stuff right. Not everything, but some stuff. Uh, but I can't tell you the parts that he got right. And, and my instinct was like, oh, this dude's going to go in there and wreck everything. He's going to like feed him disinformation. And that's just my initial reaction to hearing that there's an ex-CIA asset that's interested enough personally in this stuff that he's going to insert himself in to the situation. Jim Semivan is a beautiful, beautiful person. Like he is like the nicest guy you'll ever meet, right? Um, but yeah, he was, and he wasn't, as, he was um, a CIA, a human, he, he was an intelligence officer and his, his special was human intelligence. So his job was to go into a, a place and be like, this guy over here has information we want or need. Um, so Jim's job was to go in, become friends with the guy, and then basically turn that guy into an asset. Um, so, See? Right? So his job <laughs> is to go in, figure out what your weaknesses are, what your pressure points are, or or how they can befriend you, and then bring you into the inner circle of, of Jim. And, you know, listen, you have information. We want to help you. We can get you out. We can pay you. We can, you know, we can find that you're having an affair with somebody, and, and we'll use that against you if we need to. Um, whatever. But these become kind of very intimate relationships where, where you now have somebody who typically works for a foreign government and is now providing you information from that foreign government uh, in exchange for X. Jim's a wonderful human. This is what he does for a living or what he did for a living, right? So when he had to go suss Tom out, 
there's a bit of like this old CIA brain kicks in of like, oh shit. Now, the other thing too, though, is with Jim, he's also admitted he has been a long time fan and believer of not just UFOs, but generally the esoteric and the occult. Um, he is very much into sort of the, the, the more sort of fringy topics. So when he says Tom got some stuff right, we really need to like, is that stuff what 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 is actually right, like objectively correct? Or is it just what Jim thinks is right based upon the reading he's done and the people he's communicated with who also share similar beliefs with him? And and the big thing about the book Secret Machines was that there was a crashed flying saucer alien ship. The American government reverse engineered it and was able to create a vehicle that a pilot could sit in and fly without controls. You'd think it, the aircraft would do it, right? And that's how the aliens fly around, right? They they don't have control panels. They just sit there and it's it's telepathy or remote viewing or clairvoyance. That was kind of the the, the, the that's his book. You know, I think Jim's under the impression that this technology exists. Um, that the United States government is is developing this technology. Unfortunately, Jim's background at the CIA would not really give him access to that information. Like he was not an aerospace guy, right? He was a, he was a spy, um, in, and he spied spied on humans, not necessarily like aerospace. So again, you have to kind of weigh that in your assessment of like, does Jim really know, or is just Jim talking to people who who say they know? And then why are those people saying they know these things, and and how are they connected to this? And then again, you start going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, you read too much Stephen Greer in the CE5s, well, right? There you go. Speaking of. <laughs> that's speaking how you connect. Of. <laughs> yeah. Hold the phone. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear some words from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with more of this incredible conversation with MJ. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we've returned. I think for people who are more on the outside, the the average person who sees that New York Times article or who reads um read something on Reddit or what have you, uh, they, they may also make the same mistake that people make about insert government here. They often, it's easy to think of the world of UFOs as this monolithic thing, largely in agreement with itself. That with that in mind, and I greatly appreciate you pointing out that it is very much not, um, one thing I would love to ask, what is one of the strangest conversations that you have had uh, in your time working in this field? Because you've been in the trenches. I, I'm sure you have some war stories. Okay, I'll give you, sure. This is, this is some of the, okay, there's a lot. Okay, well, let me, let me, let me. Let me caveat this with, with there are a lot of weird stories. So what weird means depends on like who you are as a person. Like, and I've heard everything from, I, I personally have been referred to and, and like directly informed to my face by a person that I am a CIA like operative trying to create skepticism within the UFO world to undermine, um, yeah, like we get the that truth, too. Right. And it's just like, well, first of all, I'm Canadian. So no. Secondly, like my like, have you seen my home and my like this? I wish. I wish I was, you know? Um so so you know that's <laughs> MJ's just trying to enjoy an Italiano and some wedges over there at Timmy's. You that's know? right. <laughs> did you look up the menu to Timmy's? I did, I did. I did. <laughs> so 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 you know, I've had a lot of weird. I've been called a reptilian alien before like so so i have gone down the the weirdest places the the a moment i guess that that has really let's say impacted me was i was working on a docu-series with viceland on on a, a ufo cult and and this woman ran an online ufo cult that is really just shades of current cults that exist in the ufo world um and and um it it it, it basically everyone's a reptilian they clone each other long story short but Part of her financial system was she created this thing called Orgone, and I'm sure you guys have talked about Orgone before on the show, which is for you guys, anyone who doesn't know, it's sort of like um, uh, you take a bunch of like rocks and metal and shove it into a resin and you bake it and then it forms a puck usually and and allegedly the way this stuff is designed is it keeps 
aliens, evil spirits, you insert any sort of bad occult shit, keeps it away. Bus clouds. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's often used within chemtrail conspiracy theories, right? It breaks up the chemicals and stuff in, in the, so you're, so the chemtrails don't, don't affect you. Anyway, this woman, um, this cult leader, she, a lot of her money came from making and selling orgone. And in the show, I was for this for this documentary. I was hired as a consultant, a researcher. I was able to track down the woman she made it with. The cult leader was was has was deceased, but the woman who made the organ was still alive. So so I was able to track her down, and I reached out to her as as a buyer. Um, I pretended to be somebody who was being like affected by these entities in my home. Uh, I had been listening to this cult leader's sort of YouTube show and podcast. And I was under the impression, I told this person that, that this is what was going on. Well, this, this woman reached out, contacted me back, said, this is what you need to do. And she basically started selling me orgone as best she could, like the pucks, the, the, the orgone blaster machine, um, the pendants that my family could wear. Um, and I remember having a, this weird moment of, of, I was pretending to be this buyer and, and she was telling me about how my daughter who was being impacted by the evil entities in our house needed to wear, it was a crucifix with like an orgone piece inside it that this woman had made. And she says, this will keep her safe from the devil as well as the evil reptilian aliens that are in your home. And I had this fundamental moment like, holy shit, like what if this woman actually finds out who I am, where I live, what I'm doing? She probably will now because she probably listens to this show. But like what happens if she's able to track me down? And like how stable is this individual that they believe this? Or is this just a con? They're just doing it to make money and like, Fuck it, it puts my kids through college. Um, and, and I had this kind of weird moment of like, I was told that this is what I needed to do to protect my house from the evil aliens. And, and I'm, I'm like soaking all this in and I'm just like nodding and smiling. Like, yeah, no, for sure, I agree. Um, what do you think about this? And I'm trying to get the financial information with this cult leader on how, how much money they made, right? And it was like, it was in, like it was nearing a hundred grand in Oregon sales that kept this cult leader funded to keep going. Um, eventually we got there, but you had to, I had to build trust with this individual to kind of get there. Um, and it was like diming out my wife and kids for like evil reptilian aliens and, and orgone sales. Um, and that was my weirdest moment of like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm in it now. And I have to like go to ground. And I had like, I, I created a whole online profile, like Facebook email, whatever, had a fake name and everything. And I just burned it all down after I was done. Um, but it was, it was, it was a, a spooky moment of like, this person was like, tell me everything about the reptilians that you see. Well, I didn't say reptilians. I said, they're kind of like entities. Tell me about them. Are they shadows? Do they roam down your hall? Do they visit you in your bedroom while you sleep? Or is it while you're awake? And it was like, um, I'm just making stuff up as I'm going based upon what I knew about this cult leader and just trying to fit it into this worldview. And it was like on her end, just eating it up. Right. It was like, tell me more. Tell me more. Well, this is what you need. This is the product you need. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, this is the product you need for that. Right. And I was like, oh, like this person is either really good at selling or they are 100 percent. They believe it outright. And both of those are scary. Right. Like both of those are really scary that you're willing to sell bullshit to that extent or you believe it to that extent. I'm like, ah, so that was my weirdest story of, of pretending to be an orgone buyer um, and, and having to deal with this cult follower. And then burning your persona afterwards. I vanished. Nice. I literally had to vanish. Yeah. I respect your OPSEC. That's pretty cool. 
so many people who listen to the show. I mean, there are probably many believers out there who have something uh, either from their past, from the culture, uh, from you know their family, something like an evil eye that you put up in your house to keep away ward spirit, you know, ward away evil spirits and things like that. It's just such the through line of that kind of belief is so old. It feels to me, and this is my opinion, it feels like the orgone thing is just kind of an evolution of some of those older ideas with the crucifix, right? Like where it's going to protect you, some unknown force or some known force that is unseen is going to protect you. I, I really just, I want to ask one last question. I know we're running pretty late here. Um, I'm thinking about all of these, um, the UFO research that's happening right now within the government, within these private organizations, the stuff that you're reporting on MJ. And I'm imagining the SR-71 and the B-2 bomber. Uh, these two huge pieces of secret tech that the United States government paid contractors like Northrop Grumman to create, you know, in secret for as long as they needed to and test them as long as they needed to until they're operational. And then even then keep them secret so that the enemy doesn't know the tech that we have and how advanced it is and that our SR-71 can go 80,000 feet in the air, uh, unlike any other craft that's operational right now, or the B-2 can fly over your country and nobody will even know it was there. Um, I'm just, you know, if, if you think about that, what was that, Ben? SR-71 was 60s? I think it was like 1964 or something like that. Um, and then the the B-2 bomber, the stealth bomber, the one that looks like the big V in the air. Yeah, the cool that, one, the cool one. The cool one. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's like 80s, 90s, right? I have to imagine with the way our technology has advanced from the phone I was using uh, in the 80s to the phone that my, you know, my parents were using in the 60s to what could be flying around there right now that was created in Skunk Works. And I do wonder how much of this current movement towards disclosure, towards at least uh, even just the excitement in the in the popular mind, how much of that is just really skunk works in the things they've been creating since the 90s? Sure. And I mean, you know, like that's a, that's a big theme, right? Like, are these just test craft that we're seeing? Right. Um, are these just sort of, you know, misidentified vehicles that, that we're building or somebody else is building like a foreign government? I mean, that's a massive, massive aspect of the UFO discourse that that's all we're really seeing. We're just seeing test craft because we know for a fact that test craft were seen like we know for a, for a fact that the SR-71 was spotted a whole bunch of times and it was chalked up to UFO sighting. Um, same thing with the B-2, right? And, and, and if somebody sees a test craft, the United States government isn't going to go out of their way and say, oh, no, no, listen, listen, it's just a secret plane we're working. They're just going to be like, yeah, yeah, UFOs, whatever, man. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Sure, yeah, you keep, go ahead. Um, good, to, UFOs are great. Like, go nuts. Like, yeah, you saw that. Um, it's the same thing that happened at Roswell, right? Um, you know, the Roswell, New Mexico story was um, a, a downed um, spy balloon that that the United States Air Force had no interest in, in exposing because it was being used to spy on Russian uh, atomic weapons tests. Um, and it wasn't exposed until 1994. When the Air Force said, yeah, this is what it was. It was a balloon, basically. And we can talk about it now because the technology is so archaic. It doesn't matter. We don't use them anymore. But this is what, what it was. Um, during the, you know, 80s and, you know, 70s and 80s, when the Roswell story really became a big thing, there was no interest on the part of the Air Force to, like, be like, no, no, listen, guys, it was a balloon. Like, we're going to tell you the truth. Like, why? Like, it, your opinion that it's a UFO or a crash UFO doesn't really matter to us. Now, in hindsight, 
like looking back at it in a post-Trump world, you know, maybe the government needs to be a bit more open because at the end of the day, what it's only doing is it's building conspiratorial narratives. And in the 80s and 90s, those conspiratorial narratives were kind of limited to very small communities. And then now we live in a world where um, anybody can start a YouTube channel. Anybody can have a massive Twitter account or a Reddit or whatever and start spinning these narratives. And all of a sudden, um, that information spreads like wildfire. Um, so, so I can see this kind of the government being reticent to engage with the UFO topic in any sort of serious way, creating problems that we're now dealing with, where there's like literally pundits on mainstream news channels like Fox telling the American public, don't trust your government um, because they're lying to you, trying to poison you, trying to murder you, whatever. I mean, that is that is a product of just like government just being like, whatever, man. Um, and now we're like we're dealing with the repercussions, I think, of this kind of conspiratorial world we live in and this division that exists. Um, Absolutely. But listen, I, this is, I'm, I'm a Canadian. So for me, I'm a card-carrying, like, socialist, <laughs> liberal, pro, like, uh, healthcare. Free healthcare? Yeah. What yeah. the hell? Um, so, so I... That's not a thing. I appreciate that some listeners might not like my lack of right rightness, but it's well, okay. Well, this, this is, um, I think this is a, a valuable perspective because this gives some objectivity, right? This is a perspective that comes from someone who does not live in the United States, but clearly knows what's going on. And I think that um, whatever people want to um, characterize it as, you know, if you say it's at a remove or something like that, then I would argue that further increases objectivity. And your point about the government, capital G government of any country, uh, I, I argue stands a hundred percent true across the planet. Uh, the, sometimes, yes, secrecy is a matter of national defense, but that argument of the greater good becomes such a slippery slope. And we say it all the time on the show, speculation thrives in the absence of transparency. And sometimes, uh, at least in, in our experience, um, Sometimes the most frequent actual conspiracy, some incompetent act or some mistake, and the conspiracy is trying to cover that up so as not to look incompetent. And I'm just interested in, would you agree with that, MJ? Are we off base in that? No, I, I, think, I think for the listeners of Alien State— who who potentially are still going to listen? I think I think I don't want I don't smell too much, but I'll go here. I think as we start in the show to peel away the layers of the 2017 UFO story and this government program, you start to kind of realize as those layers get peeled away that the reason why currently the Pentagon doesn't want to talk about UFOs or engage in the subject in a public way, um, not through Congress, because Congress is engaged, but how the, the Pentagon itself, as, as like an institution, doesn't want to engage in this, um, is because of embarrassment, right? As we start to peel the layers away in the show, you realize that this UFO, UFO study that was conducted by the U.S. government um, dealt with some pretty far-out things that, in hindsight, look ridiculous. And all of a sudden, the DIA has to figure out a way of saying, okay, so we gave a whole bunch of money to a bunch of people who believe in what? And they did what with the money? And we're accountable to the taxpayers for that money? 
Oh, shit. Okay, listen, guys, shut it down. No more UFOs. This is insanity, and it's just like lock this shit down as fast as we can. Um, and it's not because there's a cover-up. It's because you had guys in who were able to successfully convince the people within the DIA to spend money on this when in reality, like, the money was spent on something totally different, totally way out there, um, that, that, that was was like in no way connected to what they said they were going to use the money for. Um so so you have this this amazing ability to play fast and loose with with language and wording and 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 phrasing of of ideas to the point where the DIA turned around and said, "Yeah, here's here's money go." Uh, and then as that money was spent, kind of realized, "Sorry, what did we pay for?" And all of a sudden that realization of like, "Oh shit." Right? Like there's goblins involved and werewolves and it's like, <laughs> oh no. Right. And, and that's it. Funding was cut. Did they restart the, did they restart the Stargate program or something? I need to finish listening to Alien State. You do need to finish listening yes. to Alien State. And, um, and yeah. that, I'm that, not going to say anything about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we can't, uh, we can't spoil too much of the show folks. Uh, we are listening along with you. Uh, as you can tell, we are fans of Alien State. We don't say that lightly. Uh, we can't wait to get to the end of the show. Episodes are available now, I believe, wherever people find podcasts. Isn't that correct, MJ? Yes, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, if people use that. I'm sorry. And then just like anywhere else you can get a podcast. It's kicking around. And where can people go to learn more about your work, uh, not just with Alien State, but in general? Yeah, um, so um, I am uh, a co-founder of a news site called The Debrief, www.thedebrief.org, where we cover sort of uh, science, technology, uh, I like to say from the fringes, but not really. It's just sort of the outer peripheries of, of where we are scientifically. Um, we, we talk about defense and national security as well. So The Debrief is a great resource if you're into the UFO subject or any kind of science and tech subject, but not the, the, the stuff wired isn't like bold enough to cover. Um so, so hopefully, uh, you know, you find me there at thedebrief.org. Uh, you can find my personal website at mjbenias.com or uh, I'm on Twitter and the social medias, um, really just Twitter, at mjbenias. Um, feel free to track me down. I want to hear your ghost stories, your Bigfoot stories, your UFO stories. Tell me the weird things. Um, I love it. And MJ, you mentioned a very specific Viceland video. Do you know if that's still available on YouTube or yeah, something if you, somewhere? Yeah, if you go on YouTube, um, yeah, I, I was involved in a docuseries called uh, The Devil You Know. Um, and it's on Viceland, if you can get it. If you don't live in a country that has Viceland, uh, you can find it on YouTube. People have posted it online. So if you just type in The Devil You Know Season 2, um, it'll pop up. And it's about a cult leader named Sherry Schreiner. Um, and, and we do a, an a six or eight episode, six episode deep dive into who this cult leader was. Um, and I'm in a couple episodes, which is fun. So yeah, you can find me there. I'm also like on History Channel. I'm kicking around, man. I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> well, you've given us a lot of things to consume. So we're very excited about that. Thank you so much, MJ, for hanging with us. It's, really appreciate it. Man. It's been my pleasure. This has been a lot of fun. What a wild ride. Puts Mr. Toad to shame.
<laughs> there we go. No. I, I love the reference. So um, off mic, folks, what uh, what you didn't hear was a in-depth conversation about Mothman, which is uh, our, our pal MJ's favorite cryptid. Um, we might have to have him back on the show to talk cryptids. What do you guys think? Dude, I need to wear the shirt you got me way more often. Every time I wear it, I feel like people we talk to just get super excited about Mothman. I think it's because you look so good in the shirt. You're probably the best <laughs> advertisement for Mothman that Mothman has ever had. I think they just see his booty in their minds when they like see the reference on my shirt. It's not just the booty, fellas. It's the abs, man. It's, he doesn't only have a six-pack. He has like a 12-pack. The dude is it's stacked a like abs. a Masters of the Universe action figure. Just so. And we hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as whomever made that Mothman statue clearly enjoyed abs and and butts uh and, and, uh, and he man to your point noel uh we are going to call it a day we hope you tune in for upcoming episodes uh where we are going to explore the bleeding edge of so-called artificial intelligence as well as allegations of conspiracy and cover-ups. In the meantime, we would love to hear from you. Do you have personal experience with UFOs, UAP, uh, or just something strange in the sky? Reach out. Let us know. We try to be easy to find online. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. But let's just say you're not down with the uh, the internet at all. You can use the telephone, analog, rotary, phone booth uh, by giving us a telephone call. Yes. Pick up the phone and call one eight three three S T D W Y T K. That is our number. You can leave a three-minute voicemail when you call in. Please give yourself a cool nickname. We don't care what it is. We can't wait to hear what you choose. Let us know if we can use your name and voice on the air. And uh, then just have at it. Do whatever you'd like. We do ask that if you've got more to say, then can fit in that three-minute voicemail message. Instead, type it all out and send it to us. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. 